Hello there, welcome to episode number 61 of True Cult Pop. It's a pop music podcast. We're into the festive season. So, happy Christmas to you and yours, nearly. I suppose that's coming, isn't it? Unless you're listening to this, you know, whenever you feel like listening to it, as is your want. Anyway, it's me, Stephen Hill. Hope you're good. He's Gaz Jones, aren't you? That's a f- that's I've true, also, isn't it? I've also now got a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> there hey. you go. Is it a Christmas film, Die Hard? Yes, it is. But then, so you know, I, I think it's a Christmas film. Fuck Bruce Willis, what, and whatever he says. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not say fuck Bruce Willis. Well, no, because he's well, no, 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 no. I don't mean that way. He's lovely. It was Bruce right, Willis, isn't yeah. he? Um, but now you were said like it's not a Christmas movie. It is just like Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie. It's oh. it's set at Christmas time. Yeah. Go. It's a Christmas movie. That's why I say it doesn't have yeah, to be so fucking Santa Claus the movie or Home Alone to be a Christmas movie. That's why I say. Uh, if only we had time to discuss this more, but we don't. We don't because there's a, a lot of things have there happened. There is a lot. Move on. Move on. A lot of things have happened. We're going to be catching up on all of the cool albums that we have listened to over the month of November, apart from Dolly Parton. Sorry, Dolly Parton. Sorry. Sorry, Andre Three Thousand. <laughs> no offence to either sorry, of you. Sorry, not sorry, Andre 3000. Not as sorry about Andre 3000. Andre 3000 should be well, sorry to me. Spoiler, I liked it a lot more than you. Yeah, so I mean, I just know. didn't know what it was. Anyway, so there you go. There's a review of the Andre 3000 <laughs> album. If you have been over on our channels recently, you might have seen we put up the recent True Crap Pop on Chainsmokers, um, whatever their fucking shite album was called. Uh, me and Sam... Yeah. Basically, I haven't gone two-footed in on a, a, an artist like that for a very, very long time. I enjoyed mm. it. And it couldn't have happened to two more appalling gentlemen. So, good times. Valid. Yeah, it was a full-on Commodian rant. It was a bit, It was it? wonderful. And it's been a while, mate. The flip to that is if you go over and sign up for our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash truecoppop. Coming out tomorrow, we have a podcast where myself and Gaz spoke very enthusiastically about not just this album, but the career of the band Ruben and Very Fast, Very Dangerous. They're... No, no, sorry. It was no. Race Cars, Race Car Backwards. We've done Very Fast, Very Dangerous. I say we. I've done yeah. Very Fast, Very Dangerous. It's Race Car, it's Race Car Backwards. But we did kind of go into the majority of their albums and even some of Jamie Lemon's solo stuff as well, yeah. which was <laughs> not necessary, but we just, we just we were enjoying ourselves, I suppose, weren't we? It was just a lovely chat about one of the most criminally underrated songwriters of this century. Yeah, definitely. really, really good. Definitely, what? definitely. If you sign up for our £5 tier over on our Patreon page as well, it will be more negativity coming as we do our beginner's guide <laughs> to the indie landfill years, which I think is going to be interesting because thus far <laughs> we've picked, pretty much picked artists that we exclusively like that's or the po- scenes that's the, that's that we have a lot of, of respect it, right? for. <laughs> yeah, because we're kind of having to snuffle through the crap to find that gem. And I think... I think maybe we did. So there, you go over and find yeah. patreon.com forward slash truecoppop if you want to sign up for that. That is all coming. Right, before we go any further, today we were saddened to hear the news that Shane McGowan of the Pogues has died at the age of 65 following a recent hospital stay after being diagnosed with encephalitis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, which kind of seems like I maybe should have worked out how to say that before we started. But um, I think that's how you say that. But yes, Shane McGowan, an iconic figure in punk rock, 
Irish yeah. folk music, Irish music, popular culture. If you were growing up in the in the kind of the, the years that we were growing up as well, everybody, whether or not you knew the music of the Pogues, whether or not you you liked that type of thing, you knew who Shane McGowan was, and you know a uh, a man who lived a life, a raconteur, a fantastic lyricist a unique vocalist let's not sit here and try and recharacterize shane mcgowan as a a, a a great singer he wasn't a great singer Doesn't but matter. he had an amazing character to his voice yeah. and um you know he leaves behind a back catalog of really really beautiful iconic unique and incredibly incredibly influential music when i think of how big fontaine's dc have got over the last few years and you think of how none of that could have happened without a band like the pogues when i think of you know flogging molly and dropkick murphy's having their entire touring fest their own entire touring festival lineup and bill punk meets irish folk music that's that's the legacy of the Pogues, isn't it? Oh, yeah, without question. His um, his thumb thumbprint kind of covered so much and has influenced so many bands over the past kind of you know twenty thirty years. Be that you know folk bands, be that punk bands, whatever, and be I that mean, folk punk bands and, and folk punk bands and punk folk bands as well. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that niche little market. Um, I mean, it's pr- Pretty much for that question that you know, Fairytale New York is now going to be number one from now until Christmas. Uh, Let's hope so. Was, yeah, it'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. The original version. Well, look, I mean, this is the thing. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the one of the, I think one of my favourite things to do is that nothing screams. You know, re- re- paying respect to someone who you greatly admired than uh, shouting for fucking woke pricks. Uh, <laughs> everyone is there, so you know, yeah. I would. I, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? The, like no. the original version is was the only version, was recorded was yeah it was the only version, but yeah. it was you know Kirsty McCall stopped singing the line in question almost immediately after that came out. So yeah. I think that says something quite a lot about how she felt about it and probably yeah. how the band felt about it. So look, you know, it's it's it doesn't matter. Like if if you if you can't enjoy Fairytale in New York because there's one word not in it, then yeah. you are weird. You're just a yeah. weird person. Fair. I mean, I was never I was never kind of the biggest fan of of the Pogues. I kind of appreciated it, I suppose, more than like you know loved it. I know people, um, you know, friends of mine and stuff that I and people that I've met over the years that are actually fucking diehard Pogues fans. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah. R- 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 you know, Rum Sodomy and the Lash is it's it is a classic. That's that yeah, is a brilliant. great, great album. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, in, in that um, what was that? That Children in Need song from The Perfect Day. He he obviously had the best line. It's so such fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Rest in peace. Uh, and in you peace. know, I think, I mean, just. Musically, to, to to kind of going on rum sodomy and the lash. I mean, yeah. I mean, you go and whack on a song like Wildcats to Kill Kenny, yeah. which is fucking brilliant. Or like, you know, that is that is a great that is a great song. And I, you know, I I can't sit here and say that I am a huge kind of fan of the Pogues either. I can't say and I'd say, well, yeah, I was, used to listen to them and blah blah. blah. But about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when they, you know, they see those Christmas shows. Um, 
Oh, in yeah. Brick, at Brixton Academy. Yeah. I think yep. it's probably like, I don't know, 2007, eight, nine kind of time. A mate of mine had a spare ticket and was like, do you want to come? And I went and saw the Pogues and it was, I mean, they actually weren't great, to be honest, mm. but the crowd was so into it and it felt like, it. I think it takes something, I think it takes quite a special band with a, quite a special crowd to turn Brixton Academy into just like, you know, a kind of a, a, a post, you know, last orders lock-in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's sort of what they did that night. And it was really, really unforgettable. It was really, really great to be there. And I'm really glad I got to see it. Oh, certainly. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was really, really cool. Um, Shane McGowan always sort of cut a bit of a sad figure to me. I think the way that people look at, you know, he was someone who was, he was a tragically troubled alcoholic and people going and buying him drinks and being like oh i i got shane mcgowan drunk yeah i bought him a pint and all yeah, this well, sort of stuff I well, always, well done mate yeah well, well done, done for contributing to again contributing to uh the person that you yeah. respect so much <laughs> contributing to the thing that you know inevitably would kill them um and you know i i think it's it's sad that a bit but inevitable that that was what was going to happen to him, really, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, so. Yeah, like the clock. You know, the clock was always ticking. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, it's just kind of the latest in a in a long line of kind of iconic musicians over the past, you know, ten years. Mm. You know, we're right in the middle of this period now, and it's just like. The clock's ticking on so many iconic names now, and it's just—I oh, know, wow. know it's a really fucking morbid thing to say, like the, you know, the day before the first of December, as we're recording this. But, uh, mm. yeah. but mate, it's true, you know. No, but everybody is mortal. Everybody is flesh and blood and bone and human, and they—we—we we all we, we, you know, the one guarantee in life is that we will all end up um, yeah. gone, won't yeah. we? And yeah. um, and Shane McGowan almost here's somebody you sort of just you almost can't believe you couldn't believe that he was still alive but yeah he almost sort of felt immortal he had that kind of keith richards lemmy lemmy thing yeah it's just thing like about lemmy, him yeah. as well yeah, yeah. And, so uh, but it, but just like lemmy when when he when you know though it seemed like the last like few months of lemmy's life he aged about 10 years was, mm. i guess it was kind of the same with with shane mcgowan i remember reading like reports like a month or a couple of months ago that he was in hospital and he was quite ill yeah, but you know, and, and it was all the time. Oh no, he'll be all right. He'll be out. He'll be out. Shame McGowan, isn't it? You know. Yeah, he's immortal. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sad man. Anyway, R.I.P. to him. And also, uh, this one I really is, is a bit more personal. Yeah. Than, for me as well. And me. Um, Kevin Geordie Walker, the guitarist in Killing Joke, passed away this week as well on the twenty sixth of November at the age of sixty four. You know, Shane McGowan, 65, Geordie Walker, 64. <sighs> young, you know, like, feels young now in a world where people are living longer and longer yeah. and uh, it, it feels young. And Killing Joke are one of my favourite bands. Same. I think, like, one of my favourite bands. I think their debut album is up there with both the greatest debut albums ever made and the greatest albums made by a British band. Mm. I think it belongs in both of those conversations, right? 
and uh, we ha have spoken quite a lot about Killing Joke and I certainly have spoken a lot about Killing Joke over the years since I've been doing podcasts and other stuff you know and the thing when I speak about Killing Joke that I always used to go back to because obviously everybody goes oh that kind of dubby rhythm section amazing mm. and obviously Jazz Coleman's vocals and this kind of huge kind of preacher mad like you know kind of channeling whatever sort of spirit he was, was channeling shaman -like. was shaman yeah. Yeah. yeah this kind of preacher thing that he had yeah. going on those are the things but I always said Geordie Walker's guitar playing yeah. his style of playing yeah. the unique way just the way he strums those notes the way he holds his guitar the way his playing hand moves the sounds that he makes from those from his instrument that to me is the special the specialist of the special source all four members of killing joke and all four elements that make up killing joke are really really important but for me i always felt like geordie walker was the thing the real thing that really set them out from everyone else it's so sad man it's so fucking sad it really is and it's it's almost like I did. I mean, I always thought it well, when he was alive for, for many many years. But I think it even more now that he was kind of one of the most kind of underrated guitarists of that era. Because, like, like you said, everyone kind of rightfully kind of raved about you know youth and was Raven wasn't Paul it? Ferguson. Paul yeah. Ferguson, yeah. You know, rightfully kind of raving about you know that rhythm section because no one was really doing that and kind of what they were doing around the time of like post punk and that kind of mm. stuff you know the end of the 70s and start of the 80s 80s um but the way the way geordie kind of his guitar just sounded like a fucking building falling down even mm. on that early stuff the, his guitar sound was there it wasn't something that he was like he was fiddling about with years his guitar sound was there you listen to that intro of requiem yeah and it's just like fuck me That's and you so watch great. it's it's incredible i mean i mean i first kind of became aware of killing joke in I think it was 1994. It was when they were on Top of the Pops doing, um, oh, I think it was Pandemonium. <laughs> I can see tomorrow. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. And I was just like, who the fuck is this band? Look at that guy. How, look how wide that singer's eyes are. This is mad. And yeah, kind of got obsessed like from then. And you know, that kind of, that kind of hot streak they've been on since, I'd say since like the, the self-titled, the second self-titled in 2003. Fuck yeah. me, twenty years, Jesus the, Christ! The, the Dave Grohl album, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of the yellow cover, you know, incredible, um, absolute descent, uh, especially absolute descent. I mean, I've been, that's the one I've been rinsing since I found out like Geordie passed away. Because the, the, yeah. the, the guitar sounds on that are just it just it's it's just otherworldly, mm. and like copied so many times, imitated so many times, but no one can fucking push the master off, off his throne he was um, yeah. he was one of the absolute greatest and he it, that was what I was kind of like zoned in on when I was listening to Killing Joke was, was the guitar playing it's just it's fucking amazing the, the way he kind of played because he played he didn't use a, um, a solid body guitar he used a hollow bodied kind of almost like a, like a 50s rock and roll guitar yeah it was like, like the dude from uh, I think it was uh, the dude from Elvis Presley's like original band I think that was what mm made him want to play a like, guitar like that. Like Marty McFly playing uh, yeah. Earth, Angel, Earth Angel. Yes, it's exactly like Earth Angel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Geordie, you know the new sound you were looking for? 
Um, and, and yeah, just just so kind of crimi- criminally kind of underrated. I mean, I, I I never got to see I never got to see Killing Joke, and unfortunately, I, you know, it's it's this is yeah, unfortunately will be you get, it, it's absolutely fucking irre- irreplaceable. Mm. It's that you know you can obviously you know change drummers and things like that, but you can never replace someone like Geordie, man. And to people out there who are listening to this, obviously, if, you, if you've never listened to, I mean, if you've never listened to Killing Joke, you know, why are you listening to this podcast, really? <laughs> but also, just just go out there. Going to take that review, presumably. Exactly. And the Chainsmokers, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, Just go on, you know, go on Apple Music or go on Spotify and just put on, like, you know, one of the greatest hits compilations they've got on there. And you you will see why they are one of the most kind of inf- influential. What how they've influenced like all you know all these fucking bands from fucking Nirvana to Metallica, all your favourite bands are influenced. Foo Fighters, well, they're all fucking influenced by Killing Joke. Virtually every alternative rock band or kind of gothic band or industrial band or metal band in the eighties onwards has been influenced by Killing Joke. Go and listen mm-hmm. to this band because they're so fucking special. Yeah, and I love them. And yeah, rest in peace, Geordie man. Yeah, they um, they really were great. And you know, I saw them a bunch of times over the years. I sort of became obsessed with seeing them on every tour. And then played the played the fucking Royal Albert Hall this year, and I didn't yeah. go. And I was like, ah, oh, see him next time. Mm. That always sucks when you feel like that. Anyway, s- yeah, they were they were very good live as well. Speaking of live stuff, I'm going to bust through this really really quickly. I saw The Prodigy live at Ali Pali. Mm. If you remember me reviewing The Prodigy last year, oh, God, imagine, yeah. the, imagine that. Same show, essentially, but rather than it being so hot, my skin was nearly melting off. It was really cold and the sound was quite bad because I was in Ali Pali mm. and it took me ages to get anywhere. So uh, I would just sort of point you in the direction of that review from before. Because ultimately, you know, The Prodigy without Keith is a different thing. They, I feel like last year they were just sort of, you know, they did three nights in Brixton and I think they did some smaller venues. They've t- taken it out into kind of arenas across the country now. So obviously not as many people because I was a bit like, oh, it's the same set. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, you missed a fucking, you know, I got to, I got sent to review it for Metal Hammer and I yeah. can sort of managed to blag my way in twice to see him at Brixton. So, yeah. you know, me being, oh, I blagged my way in twice. <laughs> and now I've, I've done it again and, you know, I haven't, I haven't paid to get in again and yeah. you're playing the same thing. It's like, Boom. I know, I, uh, yeah, I know, I know I shouldn't really be grumbling at all. But I was like, oh, I've kind of, I have seen this set already mm. twice, like sort of less than 18 months ago. So it was the same thing. It was just translated into a bigger venue and a worse venue. Ali Pali is awful. It's awful. I, yeah. I, I just don't want to go there again. I hate it. Um, that's all I really have to say. But the Prodigy are great. And they've just been added to Reading. We would talk about the Reading lineup again. Got so much shit to get through. Probably won't do that. I don't want to be talking about fucking Blink-182 playing Reading, to be perfectly honest. No. Um, but, and <laughs> trying to work out who Catfish and the Bottom Men are. Like, because they're headlining Reading. I'm like, ooh, I don't even know who you are. Um, I know they I are. I didn't but... even know if they're, I didn't even know they were still fucking going, to be absolutely honest. Let alone headlining. Yeah. Headlining mm. fucking Reading. Yeah. How dare you? Jerry Cinnamon headlining what? Reading. What? Yeah. What is going on with UK festivals at the minute? Well, I think Reading have six headliners, don't they? So they can afford yeah, to no, do something a no, bit they, smaller. They, they do. But I, well, to, to be fair, I think I'll put more pointing the finger at kind of download and stuff, especially because like, um, well, 
the, the Hellfest like a lineup came out this year, and I looked through that. I was just like, it, is that that much better though? Really? Well, like the Hellfest no, normally kill it. I no, mean, no, look, it's look. not because because it's an absolute. So we really shouldn't be talking about this now. But yeah. Hell, Hellfest maybe it's just because Hellfest I've actually heard of like three quarters of the bands and there's a lot of fucking denim and leather there's a lot of denim and leather there. there's one day where look you can't fucking turn around and be like oh Redding you know and even Download haven't booked big enough bands there's one day at Hellfest where Machine Head mm. Tom, Morello Tom Morello and Fear Factory are the top three bands yeah, on the stage no, like that would not valid. that would not fly over here at no, all no. If, you, if you book for, I mean, that's, that would just about headline Bloodstock well, Tom Morello will probably he'll he'll just be doing like a greatest hits of Tom Morello. So be all their slave stuff. There'll be rage stuff. It'll be a proper festival set, and it'll probably be fucking amazing if you're there. With I, I don't know. I know. think I think he'll be doing his solo stuff. Nah, like dancing. Nah. I can't see that main support at a metal festival. Who's gonna? Who's he gonna get to do it? He's not gonna sing "Bullet in the Head," is he? No. Well. Who's he gonna get to do it? I don't know. Me? I would have thought, yeah, give yeah, yeah. Give it a go. Give it a go, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure that will pull the punters into it. Do you know what I mean? It's like no, Fear Factory got no. a new singer. Singer, It's like, I don't even... Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He could probably sing in tune, ironically enough. But... Yeah, I mean, he probably is better than Bertzy, but yeah. we've done this before, haven't we? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, look, the Prodigy at Reading, it will be really, really great. Again, I mean, I wouldn't I'd quite like to see him outdoors at Reading. I just, you know, my it's a it's a weird one for me, Reading, because, like, my general, two of my general rules in life are get me as close to the Prodigy as possible at all times, but get me as far away from Blink-182 as possible at all times. <laughs> I want to listen... <laughs> To the fucking <laughs> three old men coming up with cutesy names for their ball bags and then singing yeah. songs that sound like the fucking Haribo advert. Like I don't, I don't want that in my life. So, no. you know, fair. Fucking is rubbish. The, Any is it on the same on. day? Sorry, just one last thing. Yeah, on, on the, the same day. Oh, they, for fuck's sake! Blink, oh, Prodigy, God. and Spirit Box are on the same day. So what you oh. got there is like amazing, and then. I don't care, and then the worst yeah. possible thing yeah. I can actually imagine in my like in my life oh, watching Blink One Eight Two. Like you say, it's Hoppus, isn't it? Hoppus is. The it problem. is. We've, yeah, we've got it. it is. We it's don't fucking, have. To, it's fucking Mark Hoppus. Don't have. We don't have time for this. But what I would say is, listen to Boxcar Racer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> cancer took Alan Rickman, but let Mark Hoppus live. Yeah. That's and how you I know think, there's no God. And I think, on reflection, was that the right thing to do? I'm just, I'm just asking questions. No, it's not. I mean, no. ideally, I'm not wishing death on Mark Hoppus. By the way, I'm just mm. saying that don't take Alan Rickman and then let it. Like he's obviously contributing more, isn't he? Yeah. To society. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I can say about Mark Hoppus would probably be like oh, that's fine to joke about that because you know I joke about everything all the time we joke about having sex he jokes about Tom, fucking his sister Tom DeLonge's the... mum yeah. yeah and all that kind of yeah. stuff so giving her like you know scabies or something probably so you know like <laughs> hey it's just a joke like on Blink 182 um, a bit better I saw Ithaca do They Fear Us in Full at the Dome their biggest ever headline show wow that was really good that was really good they look cool oh, they look brilliant Jamila looked brilliant did a costume change had lots because i was thinking you know metallic hardcore five piece but 
the new album or the the newer album has lots of extra kind of dream poppy, soulful, different things happening in it. Are they going to be able to do that? So what they did is that they end up they were basically like a ten piece. Oh wow! For some for some of the um, wow, for some of the, uh, uh, the 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 set which you know made it sound really really full and they kind of needed to be and it showed how kind of I think how complex a lot of that material is and um, it was just a really you know sometimes you go to gigs and you go everybody here just really wants this band to succeed mm. and it sort of felt like that it was really nice. good. A um, couple of people somebody got a couple got engaged on the stage. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean. I was like, come on, they could have played another yeah, song. Yeah, hang on. Or you yeah. were getting indulging yourself in this. Oh, fuck's um, sake. Are you going to fuck each other in front of, on the, in front of everyone, are you? No, well, then you shouldn't be taking up <laughs> yeah, my time. Jog off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh. sweet. It was, it was like, it was quite sweet. I like, I hope they don't, you know, sign their divorce papers at a Svalbard gig <laughs> in a couple of years down the line. That would be, that would be a horrible... Um, uh. What a lovely end, thing, isn't it? Well, I know you've been into like, oh, an amazing no. relationship. Oh, but, but, no. yeah, f- f- fair play to him, um, um, you know, for, for not using, you know, triggers or backing tapes or something like that. Actually, just getting yeah. people out there to make the sound. That's <laughs> that's awesome. It was really good. It was really good. And then last night I went to see Don Broco, who yeah, did have quite a lot of triggers and did have yeah, quite a lot of backing but, tracks. Yeah, but it's Don Broco, also. Right. Like you say, had loads of bangers. Loads of bangers. I would say loads of bangers. Um, yeah, they've got some great songs and weird songs as well. Like, song about an Uber, song about Bruce Willis, speaking about Bruce Willis. Like, saying yippee motherfucker, has a chorus. I think he's excellent. That's genius. Um, <laughs> come Out to LA is obviously my favourite. Come Out to LA, yeah. come Out to LA. <laughs> like, I like your kind of, your cod reggae, big That's... mountain, oh baby, I love your way. That's <laughs> keeping it on brand with fucking pop clover out and listen this week, isn't it? <laughs> it really is, mate. It really, really is. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. Uh, Rob, they're, I mean, the bass player's brilliant. They are really good musicians as well. The bass oh, player. Fuck yeah. Slapping the bass, fucking out. And the drummer Spot. singing and, and yeah. playing drums well. And who, do then th- the, who do you think he is? Trying to drum? What? Yeah, and then Rob, <laughs> the singer, he really looks like the ultimate warrior. Oh. What, 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 man what, what more do you want? He's got an ultimate warrior afro haircut. Yeah. And he's he's jacked. Wired on beak. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, we, no, not at all. We've said some scandalous stuff already. We're only like 27 minutes into this podcast. We've said some absolutely scandalous stuff already yeah. to this, this week. You said jacked. I just went with it. Who's Jack? Okay. Jack? <laughs> Don't know. I'd rather Jack than Fleetwood Mac. Where's no. Bedford? Oh, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> now that is an earworm for the yeah, future, that, I'm sure. There you go. You're welcome. All right, we've got 16 albums to get through. Oh, God. Right, come on then. Album of the month. Do you want to do yours first or should I do mine? Uh, do yours, mate. Oh, thank you very much. Right. Album of the month for me. I have gone with Quaranta. I think that's how you say it. Did you see how long I put a pause? I, <laughs> I think I, the album of the Was a dramatic oh, pause no. part of the uh, album title? No. Right. Curanta by Danny Brown, the sixth studio album from the Detroit-based rapper. The follow-up to his 2019 album, you know what I'm saying. But also, the second album that he's done this year, after the pretty good Scare and Hose collaboration that he did with JPEG Mafia back in, I want to say, april march april sort of time. 
Now, I really, really like both those guys, but I remember when we reviewed it, I sort of thought, yeah, this is decent. And I thought you could tell that it was just a little cool experimental collaboration between the pair of them. Because this is when you hear Danny Brown at his best. This feels like the stuff that he's been saving up. Um, I kind of discovered Danny Brown by listening to Atrocity Exhibition. There's a lot of hype around the album around 2016, when it came out, 2017. And I really, really love that record. It is wild. I think it's one of the best hip-hop albums of the last decade, personally. It's a wild record. And this feels like he his you know, the the kind of the component parts at Kolesk are more like classic hip hop and old school hip hop that then merge into some of the weirder, more nightmarish stuff that exists in Danny Brown's head. Yeah. Start of the title track, we get a big kind of guitar riff, which is lovely. Almost got right. a kind of outlaw country energy to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got a bit of that in it. And I do. I really, really like the fact that this is an album that gets more intense when you get, again, quite a guitar-led second song, Tanta. And Brown kind of starts to ramp up that manic energy. As an MC, he's got such an odd voice. He's got an odd voice. He's got an odd flow. He's got this kind of weird, broken, stuttered almost flow. And it just makes everything that he does sound really unusual. And it's a song that kind of sounds like it's just melting. And then we're kind of off to the races after that. We do have bits where it does sound like kind of more, I'm, I don't want to use the word formulaic, but more traditional sounding hip hop, more easily recognizable hip hop as opposed to alternative hip hop. Mm. But when we get into stuff like Dark Sword Angel, this kind of popping, grooving 60s acid funk trip, or the 80s soul pop of Down With It, or this strange alien-esque shuffle of Jean's terrific vacation. It's odd. It's just an odd, weird, unsettling record. And it goes from starting like this hip-hoppy, piano-y, guitar-y, outlaw country with a very, very odd frontman into some very darkly unique, odd places and then back again. Um, very unsettling in places, but also supremely, sublimely catchy. I think this sort of represents a perfect amalgam of, you know, big bounce and catchiness and something experimental. And it's a pretty good place to start if you've never discovered Danny Brown before, if you've never gone into Danny Brown before, I'd say this is a pretty fucking good place to start. Uh, my favourite song on it is the electro noise soundscape feel to um, YBP with Bruiser Wolf um, that does both of those things. It's great. I just think it's an it's another great release by one of hip hop's most unique voices currently operating. Bam, man. I mean, it's got it's got a real kind of warm strut to it, um, but like. But the kind of caveat to that is like, you know, the darkness of like the lyrics and stuff of like, you know, beating addiction and stuff like this. It, you know, mm. just the, the subject matter to go to some pretty fucking dark places at times. Um, you know, that kind of darkness is, is never really kind of far away, but it all kind of sounds really kind of soft and dreamy. 
it's it's, kind of, it's it's almost feels like like the morning after mm. the mad night. Um, look, I was getting that vibe kind of throughout. I mean, I mean, best songs for me. Um, like, I mean, the whole the whole thing is wonderful. You know, it's only, it's only like you know 30, thirty four minutes long. It, it flies, yep. it flies past. It's it's a wonderful fucking listen from start to finish. But like, I mean, the two tracks that kind of stick out for me is I mean, track two, Tan, uh, Tanta, Tantor, Tanta. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got that kind of like, like it's almost got like a like a Last Poets esque kind of brass sample. I don't know if you're aware of like Last Poets. Uh, I know the name, uh, but I don't really I, know. understand what Black is. They had an amazing amp about five years ago. You'd fucking love it. It's very Gil Scott Heron. Mm. Um, and the, the sort of like the produced by the Alchemist that that track I should say by the way that track oh. produced by the Alchemist. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got it sounds great. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of, you know, like cl- clattering drums and. Um, you know, it's like a sort of savage critique of like the hypocrisy of the uh, of the music industry. Like, um, fantastic um, kind of lyrical kiss off of Black Lives Matter still sniff cocaine. I did like that, um, and uh, celibate as well um, with Mike, yeah, Mike mm. um, or Michael to his mum. Um, you know, it's an incredible kind of piece of art. It's all kind of dreamy and ambient. And like Mike's flow on the guest like is, is amazing. It's all kind of like stoner drawl. Uh, I used to sell a bit, but I don't fuck around no more. I'm celibate. Brilliant. It's mm. a great mm. fucking line. Really, really, really good. I've never, I've never listened to any Danny Brown. Not that I'm aware of. This okay. is, this is fantastic. Lot yeah, of fun. Man. Lot of yeah. fun. There has been Green some fucking. Good. I remember you saying this before. Like you said, the first half of the year was a bit dry for hip hop. The mm-hmm. last few months have been fucking great for hip hop. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like Wiki and um, uh, Arm and Hammer that we didn't even get to to yeah. cover on the last couple of um, you know catch up shows that are brilliant. Yeah. You know, that we haven't even spoken about. And I do think, like, yeah, the last sort of four or five months of hip hop. It's got well. Good it really has. But I mean, last month, yeah, El Sweatshirt. I don't see not, um, um Cass is dead. Is Cass like is dead? Own. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of fucking solid stuff over the past yeah. few months. Very good. Really. So really you go Curanta by Danny Brown. I'd say that's my my top choice. Mm. Just behind. There's a couple of other things that I think are really really good. Uh, but what's yours, Gaz? Album of the month. Uh, album of the month is uh, the new album by Helmet, mm-hmm. called Left. Le- left. So this is the ninth yes. full-length album, first in seven years. Yeah. After the rather seven, disappointing seven Dead to the World. Yeah, that was sixteen. Bad, bad. Yeah. Sounds bad. From the yeah. New York alt metal legends, the previous pair of Helmet albums have not really been so good, eh? I would oh, say the last the last three haven't been good. Yeah, seeing really. I Dog in two thousand ten, I think marked right. the point where I was like, "Oh, Helmet haven't released an album that I am even particularly interested in at all." Yeah. Um, the post excellent post Reformation material, Size Matters, which oh, is great, so good, man. Oh, was it uh, Crashing Foreign Cars? Mm, it's on that brilliant song. Fuck you know. Yeah, just yeah. reminds me of playing Burnout Three. <laughs> in about 2005 yeah it's, it's just like ever uh ever uh kind of present on the on the soundtrack um yeah and then like you say monochrome mm, seeing eye dog uh nah. and dead to the world easily the worst helmet album i would say easily easily oh, yeah. yeah 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 and i did generally think i was like okay that's it they're just gonna come out every kind of 
five years to do an anniversary of Betty or meantime or both at the same time you know <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. Oh, okay that'll be it and you know mm-hmm. they're going to be resigned to you know supporting Papa Roach and oh. d- d- shit like this where I was just like oh this band are fucking better than this you know um, Helmet's better than this but like and they are that, that, yeah they are I mean, you know that run you know the, you know the classic three I put I put Size Matters in there as well that run of four from Meantime mm-hmm. to Size Matters well beaten yeah four of my favourite kind of alt metal albums ever really uh, but you know and it gives me insane joy to say welcome back Paige Hamilton <laughs> welcome back son the riffs are back the snarls back um you know, I helmet the ultimate unsung nineties band, pun intended. They might well be, yeah. You know, massively responsible for that thing. That thing, for better or for that worse. Thing. That thing. Um Yeah, for me this is this is be- this album left is better than Size Matters. This is the best album since Aftertaste. AKA oh, uh, the yeah. best helmet album. Yeah, I agree. It's the best album. It's... Good lad. It's it's so instantaneously fucking helmet. It contains like all the facets that made it so memorable in the first place. The perfect balance of like noise rock and the staccato riffing, and the kind of lyrical hooks, and that fucking snare snap. I know, chill out. I know it's not John Stania. Get over it. He hasn't been in the band since fucking nineteen ninety seven. But this sounds like fucking helmet. They've not said they've been on autopilot for so fucking long. And, you know, tracks, um, you, you know, the way it opens with Holiday. I mean, I think Holiday is probably the best song of the album. They're all brilliant. You know, even the kind of weird jazzy, you know, outro mm. at the end. I actually quite like that. But mm. the way Helmet just kicks in. And then when it just goes uh, far, far, far away. It's just like, by the time it gets, you, know, you hear that chorus. By the time it gets to that, that second chorus, you're just there like this. It's like, oh, it, it, it's fucking great to have them back making a proper helmet album yeah finally this has got all the stuff that you love from helmet pounding driving relentless groove riffs use of weird discordant jazz based syncopated you know whatever that thing that i mean Paige hamilton when i i did interview him and he talked to me about jazz for 20 minutes of a half hour interview that was not meant to be about jazz at all but fine but he's the mvp and deceptively a lot of choruses a lot of melodic hooks yeah you know and without them i think i think that's why aftertaste to me is the best helmet album because i think those hooks are just so fucking fantastic and they yeah. don't really appear with the same level of like instantaneous the same instantaneous levels they do on, on the other albums but you can feel the sort of sarcasm dropping from a song like nyc tough guy which is ironic as well because helmet sounds absolutely tough as fuck on that song yeah. i really love dislocated as well anytime they just have the drums and Paige hamilton like shouting at the top of it with some weird noise and then he concocts some unbelievable riff from his guitar we've get an acoustic song which is great yeah it's a really nice song. It sounds like it sounds yeah. like a Pumpkins B side or something. Yeah, it's I've really got good. kind of like it's Alison Chainsy sort of thing. I mean, yeah. for me, yeah, it's very good. This really, really yeah. good. Bombastic's my favourite song. I think again, it's got everything I want from Helmet. Weird riff, big chorus, yeah. odd, almost 
it's almost passive aggressive in its lyrical kind of content and it makes me want to mosh in a way that my back simply wouldn't allow same so great song great album great to have helmet back yeah think fuck this is good because i want helmet to make good music and they haven't for ages and now all they have yeah you know reading at the start of the year that was gonna be a new helmet album and i was really fucking scared and then when when the the first i think it was holiday was the first kind of release off it and i was just like oh i was was scared to push play i was really fucking scared and i was like oh and then i think gun fluff was the second song they released and i was like this is gonna be good and then i think one of your colleagues at hammer was it was it rich it was rich yeah yeah it's really good yeah this is like this is fucking amazing (laughs) i was like cool i'll take that um and you know what you weren't wrong rich it's it's fucking wonderful it gives me absolute fucking pleasure that yeah helmet helmet are back and you know should we should we have a little middle-aged mosh in a couple of weeks, mate? I think we can try. We can I don't try. know what will happen. We can try. God loves a trier. Um. Well, Poe Chamberlain. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Left by Helmet. It's out. It's out now. Go and listen to it. Yeah. This is not out. This is actually because we won't be doing a kind of December catch-up for reasons which we will explain when we kind of get to it. So this is out, I believe. I believe it's out either today as this podcast comes out maybe it is out oh no it's out next yes. it's out on the 7th of december yeah it's out on the he- 7th of december health right yes 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 health. Yeah, week, yeah week today yeah rat wars by health which comes out next week the seventh studio album from the industrial electro mashup crew the follow-up to 2022's disco four part two which was good really good and really you know just like health as a collective are good and although they've always been a band i think there have been pretty aggressive in their attack this is definitely the most traditionally rock maybe even metal that health have sort of sounded i think on a record and they've spoken a lot in the build-up this about how this is the most personal record they've done how this is the most aggressive record they've wanted to done they want to kind of be sonically the most aggressive thing that they've ever done and broadly speaking i think that is a thing that suits them rather well on this record yeah, it's I've I've never actually heard of this band before. Oh, okay, uh, not gonna lie. Um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's very kind of you know deep dark kind of industrial almost synth wave in parts. Hmm. Was and it yeah, last, yeah, loads of perturbating sort of stuff. Where was it? We were talking about Camden Market. Was that on the filter special? Probably would have been. Yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, I remembered the fucking name of the shop. Go on. It was Cyberdog. Cyberdog yeah. in Camden. Yeah, this is pure Cyberdog in Camden. This album is so fucking Cyberdog. <laughs> <laughs> it came to me literally when I was listening to it. Just like, I was like, Cyber... I think I was just in the van, just going, Cyberdog. <laughs> Cyberdog. Looking like a fool as usual. Um, yeah, it's... It's a de- it's it's a re- it is decent. It's de- you know kind of icy atmospherics and kind of nine you know nine inch nails drum machine and but it's quite refreshing with twenty twenty three years. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you know if, if this is say come out I don't know ten fifteen years ago I'd be like oh okay but it, I, I don't know if it's because I just don't really kind of venture into this kind of music very often. Um, but it's got you know an almost kind of like Depeche Mode kind of strut to it as well. Mm. Um, yeah, one for Sam. Um, like Sicko samples Godflesh. 
It does, yeah, very yeah. well. Uh, I think yeah, uh, it does, yeah, it really does. And like the huge sense on Future of Hell, mm-hmm. great, you know, it's de- it it's decent. I when it first kind of kicked in, I was just like, oh, I don't know, about, oh, I don't know, it's not exactly my wheelhouse. But I had a lot of fun listening to this. It's yeah, decent, I, man. I think the thing that's cool about so uh, Willie Adler from uh, from Lamb of God turns mm. up on Children of Sorrow and I think like yes. from the get-go right you get demigod you get that kind of Blade Runner style synth and then it brings in that a kind of ministry riff and then you've got the kind of Brian Molko-esque vocals and it's almost like a kind of cyberpunk 2077 soundtrack thing and it manages to sort of sound a bit state-of-the-art but obviously as well the riffs are you know a lot of it is clearly inspired and influenced by yeah, not just Depeche Mode and Ministry, but I think even Slayer riffs, you know, yeah. the little acoustic bit that ends of all else and goes into crack metal is so Nine Inch Nails. I mean, crack metal sounds like a kind of emo version of Wish by, <laughs> yeah. by Nine Inch Nails. It really does. I think Children of Sorrow, the song with Willie Adler on, is really good as well. That has got a Slayery, Slayery riff. And, you know, it is probably the most outwardly metal that I've ever heard them before. I really like the song Unloved. It's this amazing sort of throbbing, stabbing, bouncing, threat-filled banger, sleep with the light on. That's a, that, that line where he says sleep mm. with the light, I think is really good. Which sounds like a threat. And the kind of breakdown bit towards the end that goes into this almost like halftime dub part is really good. I think the thing that sets them apart from other also-ran kind of industrial metal bands would be Jake Dursick on vocals, who brings that much more... I, yeah, I think, you know, a Gahan, even a Brian Molko-esque yeah. sort of sense of melody to these songs. And icy cool, had, out icy coolness as well. Yeah. No, no, no. If it was someone being like, <laughs> over the top of it, it nah, maybe well. would be less interesting, I think. Yeah. But it's it's really good. I yeah. like it. I mean, I like health. I think they're, I think they're ace. And, um, you know, this is definitely, if you've just been like, oh, they're like, a fucking synth pop band that you like or something aren't they but they just have a bit of guitar well this one's this one's pretty heavy so i think yeah definitely (laughs) there you go rat wars by health comes out next week this is out now this life by take that the ninth studio album from the world's most popular man band we call them a man band you happy with that band they're a man Man band band. aren't they well yeah i mean middle-aged man band yeah they are the full up to 2017's Wonderland. This is the third album that Take That have made as a three piece. Robbie obviously fucked off ages ago. Fine. Jason <laughs> Calculated Orange. Robbie Williams. Yeah. Really? Jason Orange was. No, no, it's not that. Jason Orange right. has now been out of the band for nine years. Fuck Blimey. off. Really? Nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Nine years. What was his last album with Take That then? Uh, it would have been. Um, progress. Uh, it would have been Progress. Is that fucking nine years ago? I'm pretty sure. No, well, no, that's not nine years ago. Jason Orange left nine years ago. But <sighs> I think, am I actually, am I even right in saying that? I'm going to double check that because I feel like maybe I'm forgetting one. No, no, Progress. And then three yeah. was 2014. So just the first one as a trio. Well, the clue's in the name, really. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Fuck me. I can't believe the fucking hell. So what we've got here, essentially, right, is Gary Howard and little Mark Owen and his little market boy Tash, the boys. His sort of weird hair that he's got going on now. I don't know what he's... I don't know, John, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what the look is for Mark Owen, but anyway, that's fine. 
They can't get rid of Howard, can they? The two mates, like Mark and Gary, I bet they'd be like, if only we could get rid of Howard. Yeah. Be making more money. Be a duo. Rinse yeah. It. Yeah. But he's the one that sings Never Forget, so you can't lose that. No. He's made himself indispensable, hasn't he? Their be- Good. Well, it, was, it was their best single from the original run. I think you could say best single and just that be it, you know? I think it's yeah. brilliant. I love it. Yeah. See, this is it's a game one. of two hours for me. See, Greatest Day is probably my favourite of the yeah, singles did, yeah. for, for the reunion. Greatest Day is, is fucking outrageous. This is another one where I'm going to... Uh, well, I'm not. Uh, you know, last week, I spoke when I spoke to Polly after we recorded, and she was like, "She listened to the show, and she was like, I can't believe you said I liked In the Air Tonight' by Phil Collins. I like Easy Lover." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you do." So I'm not going to misrepresent her because I said, "Oh, never forgets the best," and she said, "It's not. I've got to get what song." She's like, "It's not Babe. It's not Babe, is it? It's Break? Back for Good. Back for Good. Back, back, she, for, good. back for Good. She's like, Back for Good's the best one, isn't it? Surely." And I was like, nah, nah. never forget. Yeah, yeah never forget. Especially the single version because it was remixed by Jim Steinman for even more bombast. <laughs> Which it needs. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> you know what this man, missing? Bombast. Bombast. Yeah. Mate, it, it's funny to think about that and think about where Take That are now because we're now three albums, let's say, into the sort of them yeah. as a trio. And it's so much more of a calmer more measured experiences into a take that album and the influences that they used to bring that kind of high energy dance disco-y thing into kind of like pure unadulterated pop yeah. is now you know you listen to the open track the opening track and it's it's a bit more slight it's a bit more dreamy it's not a particularly exciting way to open an album no but it's but it's nice yeah and you know, they're quite earnest, aren't they? Take that. I think Windows, the second, I think Windows is really good. I think it reminds me of like a sort of Beach Boysy type thing, which yeah. I don't think you would have said about them back in the day. So good, quite good. Mm. Um, it only, it, you know, it gets a bit more pop when you get to this life, which I think is another version of their, the, the Morrison's advert. You know, it's such a good girl to me. Like I, I, you know, and I think the chorus is brilliant, and it's Mark fronting it. And I think yeah. you know what you've got here basically is quite a kind of fairly middle of the road, quite earnest record by former pop stars now making much more sort of. You basically got big soaring ones like March of the Hopeful, and they're juxtaposed with the sort of more slight and dare I say it a bit more kind of classic acoustic-y rock type ones like Days I Hate Myself mm. and you know like the champion uh, there's another Marco in front of one I think that's really good I think Marco in is the old man of the match here personally yeah I'd agree with that I mean it's you know to take that I've got I mean they've got nothing to prove anymore I mean you know they've you know they reformed what 2006 2007 must have been 2005, yeah. surely. Oh, fucking hell, maybe Because it, it would have been the 10-year reunion, the 10-year... Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, you, I mean, you're right. It's, you know, I was mad at how long they've been together now since they've reformed, you know. Because that initial mm. run was like fucking four years. Mm. Mad, 92 to 96, that was it, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's mad thinking that now. Yeah. But like, you know, they've got, you know, I mean, for me personally with the new album, you know, I, I think it's a shame that they've kind of ditched a lot of the kind of synth pop kind of stuff that they were doing over the past kind of few years 
I think. Yeah. Um, and it it is a bit too kind of AOR at times. Like the influences they're taking are very much kind of the Eagles, the Beach Boys, that kind of seventy. You know, Elton John, obviously. Um, you know, Radio Two will fucking be all over this like a like a fucking rash, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um. But like you say, yeah, Mark Owen is the fucking man of the match on this. Like, your brand new son, man. I think, I listened to that and I was just like, oh, I, want, I, want to I, I want to listen to Green Mind. Green Mind? Green Man. <laughs> That's my favourite song. Yeah, it's great. Brand it's, new it's, son. It's up there with Clementine for me. Yeah, man, it's, it's, up, it's, it's up there. It's always a pleasure hearing Mark Owen sing a really nice fucking pop tune. It just mm. is. It just is, right? But the best track on there for me, right? And when it first kicked in, right? Mindful of Madness. When that first kicked in, with the diggy, 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 I was like, is this a fucking Edge of Seventeen cover? I was just waiting for it just like the wild winter. It's got that diggy, diggy, you know, fucking, you know, Haim ripped it off like fucking was 10 years ago. Mm. You know, that, that kind of single picking note thing. But it's a fucking banger, though. It's got the OOO kind of refrain, which everyone knows I'm a fucking sucker for. Mindful of Madness is by far the best song on this. I, really? I, just, okay. I, I wish there was more of that on here. But, you know, it's a new Take That album. It's not crap at all. It's always nice hearing Take Cause it's, it's Take That, man. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's just nice because, you know... <coughs> Gary Barlow is he's a fucking incredible he is an incredible songwriter mm. he, he really is um, and especially if you're of a certain vintage you know he's written some fucking bulletproof bangers in the past kind of fucking hell over 30 years now yeah you know I mean he wrote million love songs when he was fucking 13 or something I know it's, it's pretty crazy it's bad really is it no, I mean, it falls off. I think the second half stumbles a bit. I do think that that is yeah. a great song. I think there's a great, a couple of great songs, but you get kind of, you know, we, we got all day, which is not a bit hey, nonny, nonny. One more world. Yeah. Like, oh, we got a bit drunk. And I'm, yeah. I'm just not sure about that. But overall, yeah, this is decent. Take that. Don't need to release a great album. They just need to release something that will sound good on their live set. And I think they probably have done that yeah. here. But like you say, there's a kind of 70s. AOR type record. So yeah, yeah, this life by Take That is out now, as is Higher, the fifth studio album by Chris Stapleton, the Kentucky country icon, the follow-up to his 2020 album, Starting Over. Now, I don't really know much Chris Stapleton. I know one album, his first one, which I think is absolutely excellent really really excellent but like so many artists you get an album that you really like and you just cling on to that album and you <laughs> yeah. don't really go anywhere else so i haven't yeah. even investigated anything else from chris day and i just think he seems like a cool guy and i'm glad this has come along and made me listen to more chris stapleton because this is classic bluesy country rock as you would expect from Chris Stapleton. It is not a high portion of my diet. If you were to break down my kind of musical dietary requirements, I would probably only have a side of country occasionally. You know, I wouldn't have a big dollop of it. Like I wouldn't take like <laughs> metallic hardcore from the early 2000s. Give me a big, do give me a double helping of that, right? 
and uh, like you know 80 synth pop give me like pour that on like gravy all buffet, over the whole thing yeah, yeah, yeah do you know what I mean <laughs> all being dragged out of the all you can eat right I would only have a sort of small side helping of country music right but mm. when it is done well and when it is done with personality and passion and is produced well and is made by someone who has a presence that is really really strong it can be really really gorgeous and really glorious and i think this album is fucking great it's fucking great this record what do you reckon gaz it's fucking wonderful Mm. If they hadn't, if it hadn't been for Helmet setting the bar so fucking high, this was in a real fucking shout for my album of the month. Yeah, me too. I, it kind of came up late, but I was yeah, like, "Oh, I did. might have to change this." And, I was, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah the, there was two that came up quite late where I was just like, "Oh, fucking hell!" You know, mm. you know. It's in my head. I was like, "It's Helmet," but you know, it's Chris Stapleton and another one which we're going to talk about later. Which yeah, yeah, is fucking incredible. Um, this. This is great. I mean, I, I've always been, I've always loved country, always loved kind of country music. It was one of those things I kind of kept a bit under the, under the cover because it really wasn't fucking cool at all to like country music. Um, I've always had, you know, a real soft spot for kind of, you know, whiskey soaked kind of bluesy kind of country stuff. Um, I thought you'd be banging into this to be. Yeah, this, thing, yeah, yeah. this is because it, 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 it's not just kind of pure kind of, but, you know, country these days is very, it's so fucking you know it's a Christian, broad wheelhouse cr- right and huh it's a broad it's a broad you did not yeah yeah not just yeah, one thing is, is it yeah, yeah this isn't just like oh it's a country album like you know i don't know like a fucking leanne rhymes or do you know what i mean mm. the insert kind of you know pop country star here do you know what i mean it's not there's so much kind of more to it and his voice man it's so fucking pure mm. and like but 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 like when he kind of brings in the kind of sort of southern rock and the soul and like uh, you know, all kind of lonesome highways and broken hearts, and it's just I mean, you know tracks like I mean the best track on there is probably the same as you. It's South Dakota, man. Yeah, it's just dirty shuffle blues, and he he kind of sounds like Glenn Hughes on there at times mm. on, on on South Dakota, especially when his voice goes ah when it starts going up. You know, South Dakota, man, is everything that Joe Bonamassa and the fucking Rival Sons aren't, right? You I know agree with that completely. all that that fucking bullshit classic rock magazine stuff that gets rammed down our throats is the second coming it's like no it's not it's just the shit ZZ Top fucking rip off right this is what these magazines should be covering man. this is so much fucking better than any of that rubbish that that gets fucking huge you know I'm, yeah other opinions are available obviously but <laughs> nah fuck them they're not as valid unfortunately no I'm like fuck <laughs> uh, but th- there's just something really gloriously fucking uplifting about this um i'm like you i remember his debut coming out and it was fucking great it was great mm. but i i when he said you know this is one of the albums that was, we're gonna be reviewing this month i was like fuck man chris stapleton amazing you know i i can only imagine how fucking rad his live shows would be fuck me they would be amazing I would Absolutely. be, I tell you what, on the strength of this, I would be well tempted to go and yeah, see Chris Stapleton. definitely. I mean, like definitely. I say, South Dakota is amazing. Feels yeah. like that kind of slow hand blues thing. And then it gets, like, it gets heavy. When that yeah. explosion happens, it feels like it's a proper gut punch and yep. it is like you say if you like any of those classic rock artists i think you'd absolutely dig that i think you know white horse has 50 million plays on spotify and totally makes sense amazing as a oh, that, that it, chorus on that man 
it's like you know kind of bo- legit bon jovi and they love to yeah. horses don't they these are they fucking love horses um yeah. i also think you know it takes a woman with his wife morgan stapleton it's mm. just absolutely beautiful yeah. so rich so full of that just gorgeous intoxicating elixir of life and yeah. i think i'm in love with you is also amazing the oh, thanks, strings <laughs> sound yeah uh the strings sound brilliant i think chris and you mentioned kind of soul for it and he he kind of channels this soulful laid-back vocal which you imagine that's how marvin Gaye would approach that song do you know what i mean like yeah. it's not just a bloke going yeehaw i've got stetson like this is this is real this is the fucking real deal like i think this album is brilliant it's brilliant um there you go chris stapleton higher is out mm. now here's someone i spoke about a lot last year i'll be quite interested to see what you think about this gentleman Merkage dave the city needs dot 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 part dieu the third album from the London Indie Soul. That's kind of how I feel about his work. I don't know if anyone's going to yeah. pick me up on that. A kind of Indie Soul solo artist, a follow-up. And I guess second part to the truly, truly excellent This City Needs a Hero album from last year. That album made my top 20 album of the year list. And it's remained with me throughout this year. I listen to that album quite a lot. I think it's brilliant. And I always get a bit of the fear when the second part of an album that I absolutely love comes along. (laughs) I get a bit of fear. I'm like, okay, I I get reload pops in my head. (laughs) It can't be as good. Can't be as good. And I'm going to get out of this way. I'm not sure this is quite as good as part one, but I still think there are moments on this record that are great. And I love Murky's Dave. I think he's got a very unusual, odd little way about how he create songs and the amalgams of styles that he makes this is good if you like the last album unquestionably you need to be investigating this one i would say yeah i'd agree with that oh it's it's great this is great it's good isn't it it's yeah. you know beautiful kind of lilting kind of singer songwriter kind of indie pop um with a big old dollop of soul on the top again, um, you know, but it's got a real kind of message of like you know solidarity, kind of mixed with like the social commentary and stuff like that. Mm. Mate, you know, sw- Vig- vigilante, there's a fucking nonce in the palace. Is a line. Yeah, there. You go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I had to rewind that bit. I was just like, yeah. did he just say that? I was like, you fucking dudes. <laughs> um, you know, switching between the kind of self self reflection and like the self destruction, but like the pop melodies are kind of almost disguised the darkness of the lyrics. Mm. Um, I mean, best song it for me, and it's one of the best songs I've heard this year is "Get the Girl Save the World." Yeah, it's brilliant. Which is fucking outrageous. It sounds like it could it could fit straight in like the end credits of John Hughes' film for me. Mm. It's yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's strong, man. Yes, it's not as good as part. Uh, yeah, uh, not quite. Not quite, but, I would say. But yeah. it's better than Naked Gun Part Duh. Yes, that's true. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah, Get the Girl Say the World is just understated, effortlessly yeah. cool. Oh, it's incredible. I think there's something, something about Murky's Dave. Dave just, he just has this sort of, I don't know, this very sort of easy way about him. He's got this energy that makes yeah. everything he does feel quite natural and a lot of music like this feels quite forced and this doesn't yeah. feel forced no, it doesn't feel forced cool no, it just all. feels quite real and i think it feels really genuine i write i really like it i mean jk's bit on violence in me is really good as well 
quite kind of shockingly they're not shockingly yeah. good because jk but you do go like oh wow it yeah. sounds you know it's it manages to be low energy and intense at the same time yep. mate i'm gonna yeah. say best song um choose your own adventure using oh. start the queen is, is dead by the smiths that, yeah. that had enough to get me right and yeah. then it turns it into like a sort of 90s ambient future sound of london track or something <laughs> yeah like yeah. it's it sounds like, like someone off life fuck, forms yeah right? where the it's, fuck's it's that great. come from oh, it's really brilliant. good yeah really really yeah. good if you like the last album i think you'll like this this city mm. needs part du Merkage dave is out now now you brought this one to me gaz talk to me about the fourth album from the US Free Jazz Collective, Irreversible Entanglements, mm. Protect Your Light. Yeah. I've, I, I thought we should, you know, bring some jazz colour into this, yo. You absolutely should. You know? Um, this is this is my jazz album of the year. And as it turns out, it was Giles Peterson's album of the year as well. So that's was something it? we have in common. <laughs> um. You know, it's it's kind of almost like half a free jazz tribute to stuff like John Coltrane and half like a political protest album. Mm. You know, there's tons of like Afro groove and kind of anger, the angry saxophone. I love pissed off saxophone playing. I love that. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's quite a heavy listen, but it's in, it's incredibly rewarding, especially mm. on repeated listens. You know, the, the spoken word on um, on the raging kind of uh, in our lands is proper heavy subject matter. You know, anti-colonial struggle, racism mm. and the destruction of communities in Ethiopia and stuff like this. Um, it's it's heavy shit, man, but it's it's great. And it's, I, it, it's the sort of thing that would go down an absolute like fucking storm at like three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon at Glastonbury. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah, and um, and it's it's well well worth listening to if you like stuff like um, you know Gil Scott Heron Lost Poets, uh, especially like, you know the mid '60s kind of Joel Coltrane stuff. Um, it's it's fucking great. Free Love as well. The opening track Free Love is brilliant. Yeah, um, I loved their last album, but this is even better. This easily my jazz album of the year. Yeah. So Open the Gates from 2021 was the previous album. Yeah. I believe right okay cool yeah. Yeah. yeah was not familiar with these guys at all I think this is something which I am immediately massively impressed by cool I haven't yeah. got my head around it fully yet but I think you won't give it six months honestly just yeah. keep going with it. keep going yeah 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 keep because going. I think this is killer like it's killer free form funky jazz and some absolutely yeah. mad freak outs I mean you mentioned our land back which is yeah. You know, you get this deliberately, aggressively bleak sounding horns, these incredibly discordant sounding drums. And for at least half of the first six minutes of the runtime, it is just like a kind of sound collage. And then yeah. when that kind of stalking beat comes in and that spoken word, like you said about the kind of the plains of Ethiopia and like, you know, who took our land and all this sort of stuff. And it is said with like this quiet but seething rage. It is like somebody standing at the front of a protest yep. in front of the police and eyeballing them and saying, this is how I feel while yeah. a fucking riot goes on behind them. Yeah. It is really, really good. I mean, again, the final track, Degrees of Freedom. I, when yeah. those sacks freak out, and this is one where it is like, 
a proper like you know like i i am i am no jazz expert i will kind of bow down to your 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 knowledge of jazz you know much more about it than i do definitely mm. but i like it when when i when i can when i've got something i can kind of cling to and all the mad shit's happening at the same time yep. Yep. then i'm then i'm in right then i'm i'm fucking i'm definitely in root branch for me man yeah that song is the best song it is such a kind of mad off kilter wall of sound and then this kind of scatty blurry horn section Mm. yeah i feel like i will come to really 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 love this i think think it's one of those where i would you know if it come out in maybe january february i would be looking and going like oh top 20 albums of the year Mm. and you know, yeah. like Sun, Sons of Kemet a couple of years ago where I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Incredible. That, sorry, that was one I was trying to think of earlier. Sons of Kemet as well. If you mm. like Sons of Kemet, you will love last, The Last Poets. You'll yeah. fucking love The Last Poets. Yeah. I mean, look, I appreciate that, you know, maybe all of my frames of reference aren't as broad as other people who know more about this sort of stuff, but that's kind of a similar thing that I took from it. Like, yeah, yeah. really good. So there you go. Protect Your Light, Irreversible Entanglements. That is a great shout. Now we come to, well, I guess... I know that this is the um, the one that's going to split us a little bit, unfortunately. Madness, Theatre of the Absurd presents Celevi, the 13th studio album from the Scar Revivalist Legends, the follow-up to their 2016 album, Can't Touch Us Now, which was all right, I guess. All right, I suppose. Like, it's kind of fine, right? <laughs> Here's the thing about madness. Will madness ever be able to match that phenomenal early career hot streak? No. No. We all, we all know, don't we? We know. We know they won't. But like take that, they're another like take that. I've got nothing left to prove, not in this country anyway. Mm. Certainly you know? not. Certainly not. And Part so, of the greatest hits of madness, it's bulletproof. Every song is a last minute winner, isn't it? Yeah. Every song. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. And like what we have here, it's got a weird album, I think. It's a concept album or a play with music, the band in character. Yeah. And Madness are a band who have always played songs with Suggs in character. They're, they're a situational band. It's never really, they're never really a band that have, you know, their biggest hits is not Suggs singing from the perspective of Suggs, right? So this isn't a new thing for them but i guess it's the closest they've come to a concept album since the liberty of norton fallgate which was a very well received album back in 2006 yeah Yeah, this is a sort of similar Mm. approach to that record and look you know like they're the first live band i ever saw i really want to go and see them with the lightning seeds this month um hook me up anyone if you can because i don't have enough money still doing the bathroom um (laughs) and (laughs) You know, I I think sell. hard sell the hardest of hard sells. <laughs> you know, I think you get an eleven second prologue, which is a bit like whatever. Theory of the absurd. I actually think it's quite a nice way to open open the album. You know, it swells. It's kind of plinky plonky. It's a little bit twee, but madness have always got away with being a bit twee. Look, I'm not going to say this album doesn't drop a fair bit. And it drops to levels which I'm not comfortable with on occasions. Baby Burglar is bad. That is bad, right? It's a bad song. Not keen on that. There's a song called Lockdown and Frack Off, which I think is awful as well. 
like genuinely really quite awful yeah. but yeah. but that hard parping skanking shouting nutty boy madness of the 80s they are gone and they've been gone since about 1987 right they're yeah. long gone and they're not coming back so what we get instead are songs like beginners 101 which is quite nice is there anybody out there uh V, all quite different it is i will admit a slight and slow and far from boisterous and exciting version of madness that they have morphed into and the madness that i love are not that anymore but they are an idiosyncratic british pop band of, of of the highest order this is not a great album but i think it's okay it's way too long a bit like this review it's way too long <laughs> and i'm going to chuck in hour of need i think hour of need is an is an excellent song so it's some really good strings got that more subdued melodic thing and i think madness are good at that i think they're actually they're, they're underrated at doing that and i think there's a couple of occasions yeah. where you know kind of weathered older slower more measured madness poke their head up and, and do themselves proud but this is not a great album i will admit now you can hammer it see here's the thing you know i i don't want to slag off one of the best singles bands of the 80s you know but it's just you know boring kind of music hall cockney knees up i've no interest in a new madness album i've no interest at all i want you know that they madness are always kind of seen as one of these that you know it's you know it's, it is all that here, apples and pears i remember the old kent road and all this you know but they had me old bamboo me old bamboo, bamboo all that, and, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it is it is all of that you know and like they never get kind of given the, the respect they deserve for their songwriting craft and their kind of the, you know the pathos and stuff in the lyrics especially in those you know the 80s stuff Embarrassment, mate. I always go back yeah, to embarrassment. embarrassment. One of the like, fucking best songs you will my, like. my, my girl. My mm. girl is fucking incredible. That that run of singles, man, you know, you know, the Prince, the One Step Beyond, to all of them. Just all yeah. of them. Put on put on absolute madness. The, How's the, the fun, Night Boat to Cairo, Wings of a Dove, yeah, fucking uh, Grey Michael Day, Payne, Michael Caine. Um, it must uh, baggy Uncle trousers. Sam, baggy trousers know, like our house. Can, yeah, oh, it's, oh, you yeah, know we, we, we're just naming madness songs now, but yeah. that's how fucking good they are, yeah. right? And this is just oh, I don't know. It's just like a drunk dad getting up to do karaoke at a wedding in front of his kids. I think I, I'm not really quite sure who's going to buy this i'm really not quite sure i don't I mean, I, you know i i don't listen to radio 2 anymore I, i'd be interested to see if radio 2 have actually played any of this because you know madness are a kind of classic radio 2 band do you know what i mean yeah they are you know you 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 know jeremy vine will play must be love at least once a week <laughs> do you know what i mean without fail steve wright would always play fucking wings of a dub or baggy trousers or something but it, i don't know it's I've never been a huge kind of concept album fan, really. Unless it's something like outrageous, like heavy subject matter, like, a, you know, a la Tommy or The Wall or something. I can get, I can get, I can get behind that. Mm. That's interesting to me. 
because it's dark and horrible. <laughs> I, you know, I've never been a huge kind of music hall fan, all that kind of stuff, and you know, it. Yeah, I, well, it's interesting. This album on Wikipedia has been described as two tone, which it's not at all. It's no, been it's described not at all. that because it's madness. Well, because and, it's madness, and they, and they released one two tone single. Yeah, and <laughs> baroque pop. Now that makes uh, yeah. more sense. They're yeah, spoken about sense. the influence of the Kinks on this, and I yeah. think they're going. They're just going for a different sort of thing, and that kind of moddy. You know, they've kind of they now would. I think the people that are into sort of you know the Kinks and the Jam and all that sort of thing would now go, yeah. "Oh, Madness are one of our lot." So, and I yeah, think I, when you listen to this, I can I can hear it. You know, it's a kind of high concept. Yeah. low energy baroque pop album which i think probably doesn't nail any of the things that it's really trying to go for but at the same time i think there are moments that i personally do really really enjoy i i, th- I think yeah i think the kinks is, is a good shout that's kind of what they're aiming for but like the kinks i've no interest <laughs> in, listening, in listening to a kinks album just give me a kinks greatest hits you really got me, Lola, or even the early '80s stuff like "Come, Come Dancing." My sister went there. Oh, it's uh, brilliant. You know, Ray Davis, just amazing songwriter. I've no interest in listening to the the, the Kinks are the Village Green Preservation Society. I've no interest in that. Just give me "You Really Got Me" and all day Northern Light and all that. That's all I want. And give him baggy trousers and don't give him. Uh, theory yeah, well, well, Cella V made, made me want to go and listen to Bewitched. Yeah. So I'll give it that. That is the best version of that. And anyway, so now Madness, Theory of the Third, Cella V is out. You make your own mind up. It's been out a little while. I'm sure you've listened to it if you've wanted to. Right. Here's another Gaz Jones recommendation. It's the oh, Katina yeah. Protocol, the self-titled oh. debut album from the experimental London quintet i should have said instrumental experimental london yeah. quintet who's this thing gaz who's this who are you where's my fucking notes on this album <laughs> well i can fill in while you're doing that because i'm yeah, on their bank campaign uh, so i got it i got it i got it okay fine i got it um it's well i first became aware of them because uh, a very old friend of mine uh barney hodges hey barney um, he plays saxophone on here and he does a lot of kind of guest sax spots on various kind of underground albums. Okay. Be that kind of experimental stuff, kind of psychedelic fucking freeform zapper stuff, black metal, you know, mm. he's he's the guy. He is the sax guy. Um, I first became aware because it's, well, it's a sub-project. Um, um, the main guy behind the Cortina Protocol is a guy called Matt who I know from the experimental kind of underground duo called Necro Deathmort. I don't know if you're aware of Necro I'm, Deathmort. I'm not, I'm afraid. No, <laughs> sorry. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, th- Barney's hot take on this. He was like, Gaz, you'll fucking love this because it sounds like se- a- the soundtrack to fucking Bullets. It sounds like something that Lalo Schifrin would have written. Crossed with like late 60s kind of Barry Gray... Uh, slash Roy Budd soundtrack where Barry Gray did all the soundtrack for like Thunderbirds and Joe 90 and obviously Roy Budd did Get Carter yeah. amongst many many other things and I listened to what uh, I listened to one track on the release day on Bandcamp I think by the time I got to track three I'd ordered the vinyl 
Mm. I was like, I need this on wax. This is fucking incredible. It's pure kind of cinema noir from the like late sixties, early seventies, kind of melding like jazz, kraut rock, um, kind of experimental kind of soundscapes of and like you know Doctor Who, early Doctor Who soundtrack kind of stuff, like BBC Radiophonic Workshop kind of was it Delia Derbyshire those kind of yeah. these weird sounds you make with the shit you find in the kitchen, you know. Um, it's really kind of unsettling and unnerving, and like um, it, it's you know, it, like I said, it's got, it's got like um, it's it's it sounds like something from the soundtrack of like you know the Ipcrest file or like the original Westworld. And like I said about bullets, and it's it's a lot of fun to listen to. It's quite unnerving, uh, you know, listen to listening to it on headphones when you're walking along the street at night. It's a quite unnerving experience. I can imagine. <laughs> what you should also, we should also say as well, is that it's got quite a lot of swing to it as well when you yes, when it, it wants has. to. Like, yeah. I mean, suppose when you're bringing up stuff like the Ipcris file and all that, like it's got that swinging 60s, acidy, psychedelic yeah. thing to it as well. Um, and the dubby bass line on Deep Terror as yeah. well. Yeah, oh my God. That fucking threatening dubby, like stalking, cool baseline on deep terror which opens up the album is brilliant i th- i think this is banging this was like it, it sounded like it could be the score to like a, a a guy Ritchie gangster movie set in london in 1968 do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and look and it, here's the thing right <clears throat> i understand that we may have some of you left over from a year and a half ago when this had podcast had a different name and you might be going, do you know what? I don't give a fuck about take that. I don't give a fuck about madness. I couldn't give a shit, right? And you, Stephen Hill, you turned your back on instrumental music and post-rock and you used to say it was all right. Look, it's all right, a lot of that stuff, right? But see, the thing is, if I'm going to listen to some instrumental music, some kind of atmospheric post-thing, this is what I want. I want dark, brooding, threatening, catchy, actually cool sounding music this yeah. feels really live and real and analog and yeah. kind of not nerdy you know what i mean like no. this is not this is very very good this is not just oh, you could tell what you could tell what his influences are but it's it's done in a really kind of genuine kind of way yeah, and this, kind of was like updating that kind of vintage yeah. kind of sounds and, and it sounds to me this sounds so fucking fresh. It does. And vital and mm. relevant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It really fucking does. And you know, instant as well. And it sounds yeah. really instant in a in a genre. I mean, oh God, it's not really, it, this is not a post-rock thing. And like we're not chucking all yeah. instrumental music in together. But equally, it's like, you know, if you're saying to me like, do I want to listen to this? Or do I want to listen to like, you know, th- three fat nerds playing the, uh, one chord for nine minutes and then telling themselves that they're fucking meshuggah. No, I don't want to listen to that. Like, absolutely no. not. No, I don't no. want to listen to that. Like, this is much better. I mean, you know, you get a song like The Last Outpost that sounds like it could have been taken yeah. from sort of an A24 elevated horror film. I don't really like the term elevated horror, but whatever. But for me, yeah. best song, Empty Car. This Italian yeah. noir thriller from the 60s in a scene where the protagonist has just gone from where someone's been murdered and is now sitting in his car smoking a fag. Yeah, angry about what's happened. That's what it sounds like, but with a, but with a garage rock riff. Like this yeah. is good, man. This is really, really good. It's great. So, really so just a, good. Just a little caveat to uh, before we move on to the next thing. This isn't actually on streaming. <laughs> if you want to find it, just just Google the Cortina Pro- Protocol Bandcamp. It's mm. on 
is uh you know you can stream it through the Bandcamp site you know um buy the album man it's like it's 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 seven quid um for you know for a digital copy of the album chuck matt some money man because he's an absolute fucking mega dude i've met him i've i've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times and uh lovely lovely man and uh yeah if you're feeling extra saucy splash out the 17 euros so well, yeah he's actually euros for some reason I think it's I think it's because my, my vinyl actually came from Italy, as it sounds. I ordered it and I was just like, "Oh fuck!" Sounds like it should come from Italy. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I think it did. I I kept on getting these random emails saying your package is ready to be shipped from Italy. I thought it was just one of those bullshit scam ones. <laughs> and there was like, "Oh no, my vinyl's actually come from Italy." Brilliant. As if it couldn't be any fucking cooler. But yeah, seriously, check this album out. It's perfect for the fucking dark winter evenings that we are now experiencing yes it's the cool soundtrack for it the cortina protocol self-titled album is out now as is kelsey Prees. nowhere to go but up it's another guy in my voices album the 39 albums from the u.s cult <laughs> indie rockers the follow-up to this year's welsh pool frillies this is their third album of the year only yep. three you slackers anyway <laughs> I like the last album that we reviewed. Yeah. I remember thinking it was really good. And I haven't yeah. really, I still, you know, they continue to add to their back catalogue quicker than yeah. I can think about listening to it, unfortunately. Yeah. So I haven't really listened to it. But I, I, I do like this one quite a lot. I think it yeah. sounds, you know, how I remember them sounding. I guess you're not going to get that much stylistic deviation from them oh, as a band. No. They're just quite oh, no. good songwriters. Classy yeah. indie rock by a band who are good songwriters i like it a lot you know very nice choruses guitar tone on it is good love set is great there's a few that yeah. i would pick out love sets great weird rift all a bit kind of post hardcore mm. my favorite song is jack of legs got some brass on it got some yeah. mad sort of driving hardcore type stuff happening really really good um yeah i one day i will try and investigate the best of guided by voices but i don't know when that will be because they'll probably release another three albums before i get a chance to even think about it yeah i mean third third album from uh, gbv in 2023 and the hot streak continues kel surprise um i mean i think there's been about at least a dozen albums since 2016 and they've Jeez. all been they've all been great they've all been great <laughs> Uh, you know, hooks and choruses throughout, man. The guitarist, Doug Gillard, he's always, for me, been the like MVP of GBV. Um, absolutely killing it on the guitar as per. Like, you know, Ro Robert Pollard, uh, the singer, Uncle Bob, man. He's just one of the greatest indie songwriters I've, I've, I've ever heard. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's that, there's that kind of, you know, there's like a God of My Voices um, joke that like, you know, Bob Pollard... Um, takes a shit and in, and, and in that time he's been on the toilet he's written 15 songs and nine of them will be brilliant <laughs> you know <laughs> you know it's concise perfect perfect indie rock from the best to ever do it I mean I mean, best tracks probably we're, we're going the wrong way is probably my favourite one on it um, don't be surprised if this turns up in my top 20 of the year can I have three albums by the same artist you can have whatever you want mate I mean it's my list isn't it yeah you can Fuck do it. what you like uh, and I'm sure I'm and I'm sure we'll be back here in February reviewing the fortieth. So you know. Yeah. See you then. <laughs> we will. There you go. Nowhere to go but up by Guided by Voices. Um we'll talk about them all next month probably, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Right, now, 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 let's fucking get down to something which is massive amounts of fun. Rough, too rough, volume one by Chasing Status. The seventh studio album from the London Electronic Duo, the follow-up to their 2022 album, What Came Before, which came out, this felt like one of the final straws that broke the camel's back when oh, I was oh, really? in Riot Act. It wasn't, was like, it wasn't everything else. It was the fucking chase no, no, status. No, 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 no okay. it, was, it was everything else. Right. But I remember being like, I really, really, really want to do the bloody cracking chase and status album because it's a full-blown drum and bass banger of a record and instead we did one of those bands i was talking about with the cortina protocol instead well i'm not gonna make that fucking mistake twice no way no way damn chase and status who i am have always been perfectly kind of ambivalent towards in a lot of ways, right? You know, I've been like I'm surprised by that. Yeah, you know, I've I've always thought they were, you know, I've always thought they were good. You know, um, no more idols and more than a lot. I remember both of those two albums coming out, and I was like, oh, they're cool, and then didn't really think about them too much. I mean, what was it like? It was would have been 2012. They played Download, didn't they? And it was so muddy that I only caught like the last little yeah. bit of them. So I didn't watch very much of them. Um, and I've just not really thought about them that much. I, but I do, you know, those two, first two, I was, oh, they're, they're really great. So what came before, I was like, I'm going to listen to that. Oh my God, it's really good. And they've done this full-blown, like, take that drum and bass. Here's every different version of drum and bass in your <laughs> fucking face, but better. And they've come out here with with two rough volume one. And it's like they've honed that attack to just be like, nah, take all the kind of slower, more lucid, more lackadaisical bits away. Just just let me shove my crotch in your face, sonically speaking. (laughs) Mate, this is excellent, this record. It's excellent. It's just loads and loads and loads and loads of fun. Um, Yeah, man. It's great. I mean, it's a big aggro booming ass kicking motherfucker of an album so good yeah see if it hadn't been for helmet this was would have been my album of the month this is fucking no no more (laughs) idols man i was i i still love that album i've actually got um i bought a copy of it on vinyl at the time um off off a guy i knew for about a fiver he sold it to me for a fiver Right. It's worth like well over like 150 quid now or something. I'm like, fucking hell. Keep that fucking... Do not play that. <laughs> um, but this this is so much fun, man. It's it's, it's like, you know, a, a mixtape kind of chock full of like amazing collaborations. Like, you know, RD, Bow, Headex. And, Flo yeah, Dan. Yeah, the mighty Stefan Don. Yeah. And I've got a little story about Stefan Don. Oh, yeah, go on in. She lives on my route. I deliver to her pretty much every day. What do you deliver? Or can't you say? I'll just, yeah, now put what's close. Okay. I thought you were going to yeah, be like, yeah. I deliver. You never, <laughs> I never, deliver. Never, I do yeah. chicken. I do lamb. Hey. <laughs> she gets, uh, gets a big, uh, big, like, Costco thing of bounties delivered to her and ri- <laughs> ripples. <laughs> 
And uh, mm, I remember one time going, going in there to like deliver a parcel, and she was like literally filming a video in her front guard, like her sort of driveway bit, with like two guys with iPhones. You know, I was driving down the road, and I could just hear this wob, 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 wob. It's great. She, she's she's fucking great, and she's lovely as well. And her whole family's fucking really. They're just lovely, lovely fucking people. And like, but like, you know, fifteen years uh, after their after their debut or whatever it's been, it's been it is fifteen years. Fifteen years, yeah. Fifteen. Yep. You know, they still sound like the dark underbelly of the council estate. Mm. Fucking ace. I like the best. Tra- I, mean, I mean, there's not a bad song on this. I could literally just you know throw a dart at the track list and pick a song. But the one for me. Track two, liquor and cigarettes. It's like a trumpet led drum bass. When that fucking down, 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 I'm just like this in the van. It's like, oh, <laughs> that yeah, that grimy when that kicks in, bollock kicker is it's got. I mean, oh they got some God. big wobs on there, and they wob wob. That, that is yeah, like wob, the biggest wob. wobs on it. Oh, the big it's wobs. So I don't good. know if that's how we use the terminology for that, but fine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and is. mate, again, I mean, get got is just like three people throwing down for three and a half <laughs> minutes straight. But mate, for me, Badadan, Flodan, and a oh, bunch of others. Oh, Badadan is amazing. Rock, oh, yeah. it's proper old school, massive rave, yeah. junglist beats with vocal. It makes me want to roll around in a muddy field until six a.m., <laughs> like kicking my legs up and making down, questionable yeah. life choices. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's so good. But again, how fucking fresh does this sound? It weirdly does, doesn't it? Really it really does. It also sounds like it could have come out in 1992, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there's some sort of alchemy yeah. here. You know when you see someone and you go, that person could either be 21 or 50, and I can't work <laughs> out what age they are. Yeah. That's what this album is. I'm like, okay, well, this yeah. sounds like DJ Ratty. Wow. I know. But it also Blimey. sounds like something which is gonna come out in nine years by somebody who's, you know, fourteen yeah. and just learning yeah. how to twiddle yeah. stuff in their bedroom. It's brilliant. It's really, really yeah. good. Again, strong, yeah. strong man. Strong end of the year for electronic music. Really, yeah. 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 Too so rough much fun. Volume one by Chaser Status is out now, as is The Heart of It by Jelani Blackman. The debut album from the hotly tipped UK rapper. Um, shout out my good friend Tom Dark, who uh, sent me this over and was like, "You will probably like this," and I did. Cheers, Tom. This is very cool, very laid back and smooth sounding soulful hip hop, but with a gravitas and an edge, a bit of not. I'm not going to say nastiness. I don't necessarily think that it, this is, these are nasty lyrics, but they are. It's got a bit of the loyal Karna to it, where it's very kind of smooth and cool, mm. but at the same time, you know, like my bad starts off. I was like, oh, it's got a touch of that kind of dilated people's thing going on, and you get this kind of yeah. like, I love damage is brilliant. It's like a kind of dreamscape hip hop dream pop banger, but Jelani Blackman and. The various people who pop up on this album, which include Koji Radical, talk about that more in a second. Bob Villain is also on this album as well, um, amongst other people. Big Pig is someone who is on Rise, which I think is is great, and their verse is really, really good on that as well. But like, yeah, this manages to be kind of almost resigned to the violence that surrounds it. 
and I, I I always think that's an that's an interesting place for 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 people to to kind of come from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you reckon? It's cool as fuck. Mm. It's really kind of you know I love the like the the low key kind of almost nonchalant delivery. It's mm. you know it's all kind of smoky jazzy vibes and kind of old school like sparse beats like encased in this kind of deep dive into his worlds and it's it really does kind of channel the kind of the essence of like Lord Karna and the way he's sort of went about his business. Mm. It really does. Especially on my band, which is which is great. You know, um it is it is it a banger. Absolute mm. fucking huge yeah. banger. Goji Go- turned up on that man. Great. Oh, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Throwing down. Mm. Um damage is great, you know, kind of like an open letter about about Grandfall, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's that's heavy fucking subject matter. But like gonna be gonna be massive next year, I think. Mm. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this is something which yeah. soars. Yeah, oh grows up oh, definitely because the yeah. This is one of the things, you know, the six music would cover it and and radio one. Yeah. I mean it, it Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, to, it, it covers to, so many bases. It's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. To put it into perspective, right? Mm. I would say my favourite song on the album is Clear, which is the third track on the album. And okay. it almost has a bit of... Whenever I talk about that kind of modern pop that I don't really like and I call it Love Island music, this is <laughs> yeah. almost that kind of Love Island music. It's danceable, but it's subtle and the energy is taken down and it makes it... You, come, you suddenly go, oh, oh, this can be good. This yeah, type of music because it's, it's got be... substance. It's, it's got substance. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, um, yeah. This album is is really really cool. Uh, it's called mm. "The Heart of It" by Jelani Blackman. It is out yeah. now. Go and have a little listen. It's quite different from what we're going to be talking about now, because that is a debut album from a young upcoming artist. DC Special by Scream is a very very <laughs> old artist. A yeah. Classic hardcore band. Classic yep. hardcore. This is the sixth studio album from the Virginia US hardcore legends. Dave Grohl used to be in Scream. You probably all know that. You've probably gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. we know that. We know he that. He hasn't told anyone that, no, has no. he? <laughs> but I think the interesting thing, the more interesting thing about this is that this is the first Scream studio album in 30 years since yep. Fumble in 1993. Now, I've actually never heard Fumble before. I don't know if you have. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've listened to it. I listened to it. Um, years years back um, okay. it's alright right. yeah and broadly speaking when you say it's alright I think that's sort of how I feel about Scream really I think when if you say to me like rank the best of the sort of DC hardcore 80s bands yeah. I don't think they I think the thing about Scream is is that they're there I don't want to say it's just because of Dave Grohl because I think they by association had, but they got a bit of the thing of the association with Dave Grohl, and that doesn't make them a bad band. Like, look, you know, they're a good no. band. But would, but you know, by right they should be kind of, you know, in the equation because you know they were on Discord even back then, like the latest albums out on Discord as well. You know, so yeah, 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 it is, yeah, yeah. But you know, I just sort of think to myself like. It feels like people getting quite excited about this. Would they be getting that as excited by a? A, a youth brigade or iron cross record no probably not right um no. so you know I, i'm just sort of factoring that in but this is what you'd sort of hope this record would be these are what yeah. these records i would hope would be it's got yeah. energy and aggression of the punk 
that they made in their era. Slightly less spring in their step. There's a few bangers on here. There are a few yeah. duds. It is an hour long. Yeah. It's quite long. It is long. But the, the, the version on Bandcamp, I think it's 10 tracks, but the version on streaming is like, was it fucking 17? Yeah, it's a lot. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's too long. Mm. The, the concise like 10 track version is a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, look, I think you get tracks two and three kind of sum it up. Bored, uh, bored to life and then somebody to love. It does short, fast punk song and then kind of driving melodic alt rock song. Yeah. Sort of post hardcore song. And they're quite good at it. You know, there is a sort of scar. What's the scar one? Yeah, that's not great. That's, that's not really great. not great. That's not great. Yeah, that's that's the worst song on the album. And it sticks out like a sore thumb as well. It really does, yeah. only song that's vaguely like that. Mm. I mean, I get it because they're kind of like, you know, cherry picking like influences uh, from like bands they played with back in the day and stuff. And that's got, yeah, because the album is really, it, it, for me, it's kind of the way I see the album. It's like, it's, it's inspired by their hometown, the bands that they played with and stuff back in there, mm-hmm. you know. And it is incredibly kind of very kind of uh, album. It's, you know, at its best, it's kind of, you know, great, like idiosyncratic, kind of old school, resolutely old school kind of punk rock. Um, and it is kind of you know like a celebration of that of that time really. Um, you know, somebody to love is great because it sounds like Fugazi. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Hell Nah is that's the Bad Brains one. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's cool. It's just it's a lot of fun to listen to. I had no idea it was even a thing. It's like I bumped into um, I bumped into Giz Butt a couple of months ago. At, I think it was it was at the Discharge Kick actually. Right. And he was telling me about because because. He's always like kept in touch with Franz Stahl from back in the day when the Prodigy toured with the Foos mm. in America. They they became like really good friends, you know. Um, and he was telling me about you know Scream got a new album coming out, man. Make sure we listen to it. It's you know it's a lot of fun. So yeah. shout out Giz Butt, thank you very much, my friends. Yeah, good shout, Giz. You know? And I actually, I tell you what, I think the title track's brilliant. Oh, it's great. The first great. song, that's the best song. The title track yeah. is great. It's got this kind of husker do melody and buzzsaw yeah. kind of feel to it. Massive yeah. chorus. Really, really good. So, yeah, I mean, if you like yeah. your old school hardcore, then yeah. you, I think you will like this. Yeah, DC Special by Scream is out now. Another old school, <laughs> definitely not old school hardcore, but Songs of Silence by Vince Clark. This is the second solo album from the former Depeche Mode, Yazoo, I guess he's currently still Erasure. I nearly went former Erasure. He's still in Erasure. The Erasure Mastermind, his first full solo album since his 2009 album, Deep Tronica, which I wasn't even sure was actually an album. I thought this was sort of billed as being his His debut solo. Debut solo album. Yeah, and then suddenly you go back and you go, hold on, he's actually got one out before, so I don't know what that's about. But anyway, look. Vince Clark, Yazoo, Depeche Mode, Erasure. If you're expecting upbeat synth pop dance tunes, run for the fucking hills, mate, because you ain't getting them here. Absolutely no. not getting them here. This is very weird music, very ambient. Each song apparently is based on a single note, and each song was made to convey Vince Clark's feelings of anxiety during the COVID lockdown. So this is not, I just can't get enough. Or stop by road. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that. It's not right, and no, it not. certainly does. You know, convey feelings of anxiety because this is a, a draining record. Even in a a, a a a month where we're talking about you know kind of uh, irreversible 
um sorry what was their name again irreversible dis- oh, entanglements entanglements yeah uh, which i think is a hard record you know even when we're talking about what we're about to talk about something quite heavy in a minute and with you know this is hard work i feel like this album is if you are going to sit and pay attention to it it's quite hard work i think but you like disagree again mate i oh, okay. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this i mean it's you know the classic lockdown album quite why it, it, it took him three years to release it i, I don't really it know did, oh, yeah. i've just not i've just noticed you got a carter t-shirt on there lads very nice yeah i have yeah very nice yeah. um i mean it's you know i, I love the kind of the, the absolute kind of minimalist kind of instrumentation it's almost like um i've done if you've ever listened to those um like the brian eno kind of i was gonna ambient, say surely yeah, brian you, eno yeah, yeah you know it was it music for airports and stuff like that which i used mm. to love listening to after nights making questionable life choices i'd just be lying in bed listening to brian eno mm. going, oh oh god it's nearly monday <laughs> um what does he this, know does the hey, he knows um you know this could be like you know the kind of soundtrack's kind of classic kind of 70 cipher like a like, like a silent running or something like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, it's got a real kind of cinematic analog charm to it. I, I thoroughly, I didn't find it hard work at all. I actually listened it's to just, it and I was like, and, and I just kind of put it back on again. It's, it's one for a long walk on a stormy beach. It, yeah, I think that's it, where it would work. It's, it's bleak. I feel like it's like it's, yeah, but I like that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe I'm just you're making not that in, like it's a bad thing. No, no, I'm, I'm not trying to. So I don't think it's bad, and I don't. I just was like, I. I you know, I'm not sure I want to listen to stuff like this that much at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's not, I'm not yeah. that bothered by listening to stuff, yeah. which is like very, very low energy, very ambient. But also, you know, the things that we were saying previously about, you know, horn sections and stuff coming in and what, whatnot. Like, it, it does feel quite, like to me, it's, it's, a, it's a, almost kind of, it's ambient, but it's almost like, I can I can feel the anxiety in it, and I was just like, I just don't want to be here at the moment. I just don't feel like I want to be in that headspace. So oh, I yeah. didn't actually enjoy it. But then I don't think it's. I wouldn't say it's bad. I think it's hard mm. to kind of go. You know what makes ambient music bad? You can't go. Well, it's not a very good chorus. Well, there's no fucking chorus. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there it's hard. Choruses. It's hard to say what would make an ambient music bad. I guess like some of the strings and stuff and some of the the like they just feel they just it, it was giving me like this it, it wasn't cool like the cortina protocol i was like this is cool that it feels yeah. dark and it feels edgy whereas this just felt like fucking hell man like i feel a bit sick do you know what i mean like i feel like i feel like i'm getting anxious listening to it i do think there's Fair. i mean you need to listen to it in one singular piece so picking the best track but well, yeah just well all of it really but cathedral i guess if i'm just gonna you know, but it's something you, you need to listen to from the start. You got, to yeah, you without, need to listen to it distractions, really. Yeah. To be fair, Black maybe that says, yeah, Blackleg. It's got a sort of Eastern ambience, which I thought was slightly yeah. more uplifting. No, that's cool. Maybe it says a lot about my current headspace. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I enjoyed this. Maybe. <laughs> right, anyway, you've got a couple left. <laughs> Let's go to Flinch by Panic Station. It's a debut album from the Cambridge-based post-punk alt-rock band. That's what I'm going to call them. I think that's all right, isn't it? They're going to get annoyed think- about that? No, they're lovely people. I've been I've been having some lovely conversations with Jack the drummer on uh, on so on the socials this week because uh, yeah, lovely lovely man. Yeah, so I had heard of this band before. They currently have a very 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 small number of monthly listeners on Spotify. They're not 
It's not a big band we're talking about. No. They've got less than 1,000 a month on streaming services. So if you're looking for a new band that fits the lo-fi indie aesthetic of that kind of SST Discord record sort of thing, then you might you might well be into this, I, would, I dare say. I think so. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a kind of real soft spot for, for two-piece bands. You know, there was there was that glorious period of you know, obviously white stripes, but you know I was always <laughs> you know Winnebago deal, death, death from above. above, death from above, especially death from above, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Black Keys to a point, Jedward. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do they Bross, count? Bross when Craig Logan left. <laughs> yeah, you know, dead weight. Yeah. Who needs a foot? Yeah, who needs a bass player anyway? Take that when you <laughs> pretend that Howard Donald yeah. isn't in the band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ninety-five percent of the set until never forget. <laughs> and then you're like, he's essential. He can't leave. But there's, I've been looking forward to this album coming out for a while. I haven't actually seen him yet. I know people have. They have done a massive amount of gigs. Mm. They usually kind of gig sort of in and about sort of Cambridge, but you know, they always seem to play on a bloody school night, so I can't bloody go. Boo. Um, but I've seen some live kind of footage, and I know people that have put them on at gigs, and they're like, you're, you know, they've come, they recommend them, so they're like, guys, you're going to love these guys, they're fucking great. Um, and, it, you know, there's tons of that kind of interlocked groove. Um, that fucking tank, that's the other one I was thinking of, uh, like the two piece band from Leeds, quite similar to Panic Stations. Okay. Um, it's it's tons of like yeah, interlocks groove and an almost kind of you know wistful kind of shoegaze slant of you know w- mixed in with that kind of almost like washy aggression, really kind of unconventional kind of drum patterns. It's not that kind of it, you know there isn't much of the you know the kind of Phil Rudd four on the floor stuff. There's a lot of, you know it's, you know if you follow um, like I do um, like Jack the drummer, he he, he posts lots of like like um, like video like video clips him just kind of drumming drumming along and he you know he's he's a jazz drummer swing drummer he's back again talking <laughs> about swing drummers um but there's real um you know sharp songwriting to this man you know Cetraline is is it's got it's got that kind of wicked kind of early 90s fugazi groove and kind of you know surreal like surreal kind of lyrics about driving to hampshire and chelsea flowers and um they're just oh my phone's not on silent apologies for that that's right um they're um they're great, and I, you know, I'm gonna be really selfish, and I want them to come and play in, um, in my town. So I'm sure they them. will, because sure. they're, uh, they're great. They, they have two piece, Panic Stations, the Amstel Flinch. Uh, you know, if you like any of that kind of, you know, groovy kind of early '90s kind of alt rock, I guess, you know, Fugazi, etc., uh, or like a more kind of chilled Death from Above. Um, check it out, man. The Amstel, it's on all the streaming platforms. So yeah. It's a it's a lot of fun to listen to. Great album. Well done, lads. Well done. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they they they've not been a band for very long, have they? No, no, less than a, uh, less than a year. Yeah, I think. So look, this is obviously very very early days for this band. I don't, you yeah. know, and I think some of the sounds they conjure up here, some of the tones in the bass and the you know and the the drum together juxtaposed off each other, are really good. I would challenge them as a band. Consider this constructive criticism, lads. I would challenge them to write some more memorable vocal parts. That's what I would say about okay. them as a band. I think, you know, this is promising for sure. I think they've got a really lot of good ideas. They've got things that 
they're clearly influenced by that I like a lot. I mean, Dust Cloud's the first song. I was like, oh, this has got a kind of failure, Fantastic Planet, failure yes, kind of stuff yeah. thing going on, which yeah. I, I think is really quite good. I would like to see them nail, because the thing is like failure, there's hooks and choruses and you're talking about yeah. like world-class songwriting. If, yeah. if they could write those hooks that like jump out at you from the vocals, they could be really, really good. So, you know, Upper. that's that's my my advice if you want to take it you can say no fuck off we don't care about choruses shove up your ass that's, <laughs> that's your decision I, as well i think I, I think they're i think they're way too nice to say okay. that mate. well you can you just know, ignore um, it completely that's fine but yeah. that i think if they do that they've yeah. got something pretty fucking cool here so yeah yeah, yeah. i think so definitely cool. All right, anyway, that is Panic Station's Flinch. And finally, let's end with something just really heavy that comes in, kicks you in the face, stamps on your face, picks up your face, sets fire to it, shits on it, (laughs) throws it in a wood chipper, and then then goes within 10 minutes. Can you believe it? This yeah. is Confusion, Chaos and Misery by The Hope Conspiracy. A new four-track, ten-minute-long EP from the Boston Metallic Hardcore Legends. Their first new material since the 2009 7-inch True Nihilist. And I am excited because I love The Hope Conspiracy, Gas. I love them. I fucking love this band. <laughs> you I, surprise me. What fucking raw primal fucking hardcore. Ah. Oh. it is good it is good to have this band back because they are excellent i love this band kevin baker's work in all pigs must die is great and i was always like oh yeah you know i like all pigs must die because i like kevin baker but for me the best band he's ever been involved with are the hope conspiracy and this is pure straight up fury from the start the title track opens up and it is pounding crushing old school metallic hardcore played at a million miles an hour and kevin baker screams like he is being fisted by a yeti right he has got such a scabrous voice and there's a beat down halfway through as well it's four songs as i said it's 10 minutes, as I said. It's done. It's easy. You go and listen to it, and it's over. Then you listen to it again, and then you listen to it again, and then you listen to it again. I'm going to say, best song. They're all great. Nailing the Coffin. Little bit of an entombed vibe to it. I'm yeah. all here for that. Chainsaw guitars. Right up your guts. You whore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. And then what you want to yeah. do is go and listen to Cold Blue, their debut album from 2000, which is fucking brilliant so yeah man the hope conspiracy the back i'm delighted is there going to be an album i I, I hope so i fucking hope i, I hope, so. hope so this yeah, is yeah yeah i've totally forgotten about hope conspiracy oh, fuck man what about what a fucking <laughs> band just confrontational and gnarly and pummeling and it's fucking great to have them back you know it's kind of sonically violent full of kind of socio-political lyrics d-beats Beatdowns, um, yeah, big, massive entombed vibes. Love that. Uh, just raw as fuck. Uh, best track, Struggle for Power. This makes me want to grapple and shove fists in 
places. You whore. <laughs> you whore, you whore. <laughs> hey, hey, that's my catchphrase. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I, did, I didn't realise you could copyright a word. <laughs> I don't mind influencing I don't mind influencing another comedian. Anyway, yeah, mate, look, Cope Conspiracy, in that time when, you know, ISIS, the brand, and Cave In and Converge and yeah. were putting kind of Boston hardcore on the map in the most brilliantly creative way that was happening in the late nineties and the early two thousands. I loved all that stuff, but for, but the Hope Conspiracy were always my go-to band for just like like someone screaming a millimeter mm. away from your face. Yeah, they're brilliant. I love them. Yeah, I just love right. them. I just love this band. I don't care who knows it. I want I want more than fucking ten minutes though. I want thirteen yeah, minutes. Again, or, I mean, I've said uh-huh. this so many times. The beauty of the ten-minute four-track. Hardcore EP is just—it's one of—it is one of life's great pleasures. Yeah, but yeah, I would love—I would love—I would love a full album. I really hope. Do you you know anything? I know nothing. I know nothing. All I know is, I know nothing. All I know is—is—is hello? Is it my mate? (laughs) I can speak English. How are you? I got sent this by my mate Sean, and a couple of other people actually sent it to me over. the the days after and he was like new hope conspiracy and i just went oh god and yeah i was in i was just that, that's that's all i know i just know i'm excited okay okay sweet let's hope so though eh? be good wouldn't it? yeah cool cool yeah get them on the front cover of metal hammer that won't, that won't happen no no it'll be it'll be lizzie hale again won't it <laughs> i don't know if lizzie hale would be big. she probably is big enough to get on the cover of hammer so yeah probably anyway yeah. confusion chaos misery and bullet for my Valentine. It's the Hope Conspiracy. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Next week it starts. It begins. The countdown of countdowns. We're going to be talking about the best music that has come out this year. Not starting with me. Not starting with Gaz. Starting, funnily enough, with old Sammy Whammy Dammy Slighty Bitey Fright. That's what he likes to be called these days. Does he? So, no. I don't know. Oh. Um, oh. We'll but he's, week, his albums of the year and other people's albums of the year too are coming starting. Ooh. So that'll be next week. And then it'll be me and Gaz's turn to do the old Ooh. end of year shandangle. Mm. I've got a short list down to about 40. Have you? We're getting there. We're getting there slowly. We'll do it on the day, innit? It's We're fine. All right. Anyway, go oh, to Patreon. Who cares anyway? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Chill out. You said that your third favorite album of 2023 was this, and actually, I was on Spotify. You don't care. You don't care. Yeah. I changed my mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a fun conversation. So anyway, uh, enjoy that podcast that's coming yeah. that you shouldn't oh. care. That I've just told you not to care about. <laughs> Fucking stupid idiots. Right. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash true pop you can sign up for your exclusive content we'll be back next week bonjour's just come in looks to me like she wants some food so i'm gonna have to get going see you later everyone see you later guys love you bye bonjour